Brother Bob, it's been a joy to have you with us. God bless you as you come preach tonight on this Wednesday night. I desperately need your prayers. We are having a special love offering tonight because proceedings are now happening with Brooklyn and some lawyers against me. <laughs> the, um, they often say, what's the most mem memorable experience that you had when you were in the church and in the meetings? And what do you think is the most important thing that happened? I found out about Duke's mayonnaise. In fact, I got a bottle of it tonight. Somebody gave me over here, so appreciate that. And uh, but I've loved all, come to love all you folks more by being here again. As a matter of fact, the most nerve-wracking sermons are the first one and the last one. And often, when it comes to the last one, I have four or five sermons going through my mind. What should I give? Because the last thing, the first thing you say, I always say the first sentence, you know, determines everything, and the very last thing you say. And so here we are, and uh, I um, am at my last night. Four messages were going through my heart today, and the Lord led me to the one he wants me to give, all of them. So I hope you've brought your popcorn tonight. All right, so I, I want to speak to you one of them. How many can say amen? I'm only doing one of them. All right, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I want to speak to you on what I honestly believe is something I need more than anything, and I pray that that would help you, because when I preach to myself, it's always what's needed for the church, because we all need it. How many believe we're all sinners saved by grace, and we can't wait to get our new bodies? Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 with me. I want to speak to you on have a readiness of mind. Readiness of mind. 1 Thessalonians 2, look at verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received. See that word? Received. The word of God which you heard of us. You received it not as the word of men. But as an in truth the word of God. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. How many glad the Bible works? And it says it effectually works, which means this. When you really believe that it can have an effect on you. How many believe the Bible is made for our lives and not just a museum piece to admire? And so when you see this, it says it effectually worketh. It has an effect on us. Now, we all need to have an effect in our lives. What's going to affect us more than anything? Right here is the word of God, not the word of man. And I could get in a pulpit and I can rattle, 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 you quote a few scriptures, but I'm glad the Bible is the authority. And so I need to do this because the word of God is given to me, not the word of men. Now we want to come to church tonight ready, but how many believe every time we go to church we ought to be ready? Every single time. And so turn to Acts 17, and let's think about this verse in relation to what we just read here. In Acts 17 and verse 11, these, verse 11, 
were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they had received, here it is again, say it as a matter of fact, everybody, received the word with all readiness of mind. And because they had a ready mind, they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Why? Because opening it up again and again and again, and we're ready to hear God again and again and again. How many believe in this Bible we hear about a wonderful God? And so over and over again, we need to receive it with readiness of mind. Readiness means come to church because you want to be helped. You're needy. And you want to actually come to church and have the words sink in and not be water off a duck's back. Now, how is this going to happen? How? Now, I want, to, I want you to just ask yourself this question and ask it over and over in this message tonight. You, in fact, look in the mirror when you get home tonight and say, you are a needy person. And when you go to church, enter that door like you desperately need God. And then you'll be ready to receive it. Because you came in wanting it so bad. And we prepare our heart to be ready to receive it. So did we actually pray tonight, God, I, I want to be ready to hear what you're saying to me tonight. And not the word of man. It's not some evangelist personality. It's what you're telling me through a Bible that I'm ready to receive it. So are we ready? Or uh, do we come to church with like, good to be in the house of God. Sure it is. We get to see our friends. We get to see those we, we love. And thank God we do get to see our friends and those we love. But do we come because we want God to speak to us? How many are glad God still wants to speak to us? So are we ready for that? Now, ready to receive it. Verse 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed thy word, the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Necessary food? You mean broccoli? Do you mean I need the food that will keep me from getting dizzy and weak? Where I can hardly move? How many of you have ever been so hungry that you got weak? Raise your hands real high. Now, can you come into church like you would say, I love this Bible even more than my necessary food? In Psalm 119.103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, when you're hungry, how many of you have noticed it tastes better? Raise your hands. It tastes better when you come hungry. Every, that's why they say don't shop when you're hungry for groceries. Why? You'll buy more than you need, right? And you'll be so hungry for it. Now, does it taste good? Yes, it does. Psalm 73 says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. God is the one we ought to desire more than anything. And when we come in desiring God, he will help us and he'll feed us and speak to us. In Psalm 119.14, I've rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. So God is saying about the church in the last time, you are rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. But knowest thou that a blind, miserable, poor, how many believe we need God? 
And how many believe God can still work, though it's 2024 now? Amen. But how's he going to work? Come in hungry. How's it going to work? Pastor, what you preached to me tasted so good today because I came in hungry and wanting and ready to hear what you had to say. And those are the people that God fills. It's amazing. In times of depression, what did men do? They turned from God. But I'm sorry, they turned to God in the depression. But when they got their needs met and money they all of a sudden said, well, I guess we don't need God. How many believe we need God no matter what our financial situation is? We need him. In times of depression, they did turn to God. Why? They had a readiness of mind. They needed him. And by the way, I don't care how expensive our homes are in this country, how many would agree our homes are mansions compared to what some people have in this world? But are we hungry for God? That's the question. Are we hungry for him? Now, Psalm 119, in fact, go there with me to Psalm 119, and see the description of somebody that's hungry. In Psalm 119 and verse 16, look at this verse. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I'm a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath under thy judgments once in a while. No, at all times. All times. Well, I didn't get anything out of that service. Well, did you come in hungry? I went there, oh, that speaker was so boring. He opened the Bible, but boy, he didn't get excited. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. How many believe this yells at us and screams and gives us all we need, whether what the personality is of the one delivering it? And so are we ready to receive the word, not just someone's personality? My soul breaks for the longing it hath under thy judgments at all times. When you come in hungry, you'll go out fed. Matthew 5, 6, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Now, you know, you say, I want to I be blessed and I want my family blessed. The word simply means true happiness. How many are glad true happiness isn't based on the things we have on this earth? But true happiness is based on the God who gives us true happiness. There is no true happiness apart from God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So, how many of you want truly you, you, yourself to be happy and your family to be happy? Raise your hands. What's this come from? Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You come in hungry. You come in, I'm ready. Preach to me. Like somebody even said this week to me, really get me good tonight. I need it. That person's going to get something out of it. They're going to be so broken, they come in and, I must have that Bible. It is so exciting. Psalm 63, verse 1, my soul thirsteth in a dry and thirsty land. Here it comes now, where no water is. Have you ever stopped to think we're supposed to be so thirsty, it's like there was no water fountain anywhere. 
How many believe Jesus is the, he's the water of life still? And so when you are thirsty, you'll get the water of life that satisfies. When I went to Florida, I was shocked what they had me do down there. They had a water park. It was over 110 degrees, high humidity. And they said, Bob, we have seven teams for you to play here on the sand. I said, how wonderful. And I got so thirsty. I mean, I was thirsty. And I started having what they call Charlie horses. How many know what that's all about? Raise your hands. I had lost all my potassium. I was, I was like getting these Charlie horses, and I was thirsty. But they had water there for me. We have water for us tonight. And I had a what? But I'm supposed to be so thirsty for God. Now, they had to give me 12 bananas to stop the Charlie horses. And after I ate them, I turned into a monkey. But I had to have the bananas. But I'm here to tell you tonight that I got thirsty, but I had water. And God says, says to us tonight, if you will come in that door like there is no water anywhere and you have to have God, you'll be blessed. You won't be church hopping trying to find. If you don't come in hungry at any church, you'll be church hopping your whole life. Wow, I never thought of that before. He is the living water. And when I come hungry for him, a man can open this Bible, and no matter what the approach is, no matter what the personality of the deliverer is, it is God we're receiving and God who we're hungering after. I find that crowds go to hear emotional speakers. Should we get emotional? Absolutely. I get emotional. This Bible is an emotional book. And we're to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. But you know, I'm supposed to go to a service to be receiving the word, not a personality. And you know, here it is. I'm saying, do we thirsty? We're saying, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. How many are glad he's alive tonight? And he says, you're panting after the living God, not a dead God. You're not panting after some Buddha somewhere. You are panting after a God who came out of the grave after he died. What great truth this is. I need God. I need to be refueled. Energy can go away. Now, I got a question. How many of you believe we need the Bible every single day? Now, you may say, I ate today, why do I have to, I ate yesterday, why do I have to eat today? You may say, well, I received that wonderful buffet, Pastor, that you fed me. And I was able to enjoy 17 plates of food. And I enjoyed that. But you know what? I need food again tomorrow. Not only tomorrow, but I need food two days from now. I need food a week from now. I need food a month from now, a year from now, a decade from now, and a century from now. I need food from this Bible, and when I see Jesus, I'm going to see him in person forever. And I want God to be special to me now as well as in eternity. How many glad this can bring God close to you now? 
Right now. You don't have to wait to get heaven. You know, how I, we sing all the hymns about longing for heaven. Well, we can have heaven come down to earth if we receive it. If we come in the back door and say, I want church tonight, not because I'm just supposed to be here or, or because I'm going to see someone or it's good testimony to my kids. I want it myself. Hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of thy life shall be many Proverbs 4 I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths Now the devil will try to sidetrack you how many would agree on the way to church things go wrong raise your hands high Before service before God speaks to you you break an ankle <laughs> Or a fracture or whatever happened <laughs> But you know what she's still smiling he said, how can she keep smiling? Because she knows that God is her joy. And when we continue to receive what the enemy doesn't want us to have, we'll come into that door and we'll say, I don't care what went wrong. I don't care how many trials came on the way to church. I am going to go there and I'm going to get out of it what, I want, what God wants to give me because I have a heart ready to be filled. And God says, I'll fill the hungry soul with goodness. Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, you may hear it in your ear. How many of you have an ear? Raise your hands high. Point to it. Now, some pastor might say, clean out your ears. Hear me, right? We say to our kids, listen. Is there wax in your ears? So I can preach loud, and many times we do preach loud. But he that hath an ear, let him hear. Amen. Well, I am hearing. But are you receiving? I'm hearing it, but are you receiving it? And I, I've heard people say, are both of your ears wide open? How about are my ears hearing it and my heart is wide open? So, it's so important that we receive it. How many would agree we need to come to church and receive what's given? Amen. Now, let's go a little to something else here. In Psalm 19, verse 9, it says this, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How many of you wives here tonight would say, I'd like to get a gold earring from my husband? Raise your hands real high. Nobody wants a gold earring <laughs> from their husband. All right. How many like real gold? Raise your hands real high. All right. Do you know in the gold rush, they killed each other to try to find gold? They committed suicide because they didn't find it. And their whole dream was to find gold. Now, when we go to church, how many believe we're getting something finer than gold right here? Come in with more determination than they did in the gold rush trying to find gold. Mining for it. And have a readiness to find it and just say, oh, God, I want to know what you have for me. I want to know what you have in my heart. And by the way, I am so glad about this. When they were searching for gold, many times they found something they thought was gold. What did they call it? Fool's gold. How many of you are glad there's no fool's gold in the Bible? Amen. The Bible is always true, isn't it? How many believe God's word is true and righteous altogether? 
Now, will you say this as you come through the door to church? Many of you come through that door. But when you come through this door to church, would you say in your heart, I'm ready? Now, I could leave. Some of you can leave if you're under too much conviction. Here's the door. Come on out. But you say, I wouldn't leave. Why? Because I want to get more of the truth. How many are glad more of Jesus is what we need? Amen. So when you come through the door, say to yourself, uh, I'm going to come in with more enthusiasm than the people who went mining in the gold rush. Amen. And I'm going to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging until I find what God wants for me. Over and over again. I'm not going to get used to it. Uh, so... It's real. No fool's gold. How many are glad this man never preaches any fool's gold? It is real. Now come next Sunday and Wednesday like you're after it because you are ready to receive it. Nope, that's just for the revival. No, it's for all year long. How many are glad you're in a church that opens something that's not fool's gold? So always hunger after it. Now, I want you to think about this verse. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. In keeping them, there's great reward. Boy, I wish I could have just got this reward. I spent my whole life searching and digging and searching and digging and I didn't find anything. Why didn't I get rewarded for all this effort I put into digging for this? How many of you are glad of this verse? By them is thy servant warned and in keeping them there's great reward. How many want God's reward and more than they did want gold rush reward, right? We want God. How many believe we need God desperately? So that's my final message. Father, it's been a little shorter than normal. But God, you have spoken to me. And Lord, it may not have been the loudest sermon. It may not have been the most detailed. But God, I believe that you've taken a simple truth tonight and have taught us that we ought to come to church with a ready spirit. Lord, we've come to love, my wife and I have come to love these folks, but Lord, I don't want to leave this place without the people having an absolute starvation and thirst like no waters anywhere, and I've got to be in church. I've got to get the message God has for me all the time in the days to come. How many would say, it's a simple message, but so wonderful. How many would say, I'm glad for the Bible, and I want to come to church more ready for it? Would you slip your hands up real high? Would you pray, oh God, help me? God, help me to come to the word of God, not only in church, but in my private times. And dear God, I pray that I would open it up, ready to get something out of it, and asking you to speak to me. And then, Lord, if I come with a hunger for it, you will fill the hungry soul with goodness. If you're not saved tonight, you can ask Christ to save you, as many did today. How many are glad Jesus died on the cross for us? Would you call upon him right now if you're not sure you're going to heaven? Is there anyone tonight that would say, I'm not sure I'm saved, pray for me? I don't know I'm going to heaven. Raise your hand real high. All right, I see some hands over here. If you really mean that and you want Jesus to save you, 
Would you mind sitting next to this dear brother right here? And he will show you right from the Bible how you can know you're going to heaven. How wonderful. Praise the Lord. How many are glad anybody can come to Christ? All right, feel free to come up here and sit next to him, and he'll lead you right from the scripture how you can know why you put your hand up. If you meant it, he'll help you see that. Now, we have a Bible that, that is true, and I can go across the country in 6,000 schools. Why? Because I have a book I want to lead people to because I know one thing. Without this, there's no hope. Father, I thank you for saving some souls even tonight, and God, I pray that you'd help us right now as we're seeking you and asking you to help us be ready. Ready. Lord, in this weird weather systems that we have across the world, people spend all kinds of time being ready for the storms. <clears throat> ready to board up their windows ready to prepare for whatever's coming. Lord, we buy generators. Lord, we buy propane heaters. But dear God, help us to be more ready for you than anything else. Help these dear folks in this final night meeting to make a determination when I come to the Bible, God, give me a ready heart in Jesus' name.